Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special Thursday edition of Locked On Seminoles. It's not special because we're here. It's special because you're here. You coming here is why we get to do what we do. I'm your host, Max. That is Drake. We are longtime fans, not first-time hosts anymore. We've been with the Locked On Network for almost at our one-year anniversary, and we keep growing and growing because you all keep coming back and keep coming back. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like the video. Turn on notifications. You know all that. We've got a great episode for you today. We're going to talk about Brendan Gant's move from safety down to linebacker. It's actually something Drake projected, and it's something that I think could shake up the linebacking core for the better and be a great career move for Brendan Gant. Then we're going to do our, what's pretty much monthly now, run through the schedule and say, on February 23rd in the year of our Lord 2022, how are we feeling about Florida State's, uh, them, they're matching up against their schedule next year. So again, Drake, roll the video. Let's dive in and give the people a great episode. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your favorite daily Florida State podcast slash YouTube show, Locked On Seminoles. Drake, that was a great intro, but I want to give the people what they want and talk about some football. I know we're in the doldrums of the offseason, so let's dive in. Brandon, Brendan, Brendan Gant moves from safety down to linebacker. You kind of broke the story to me. What are you hearing about this? I mean, I didn't really break it. It was more that Seminoles.com finally updated his ro- his position at the roster spot being from safety, which is what he was, until to linebacking core. And primarily that's because, I mean, I think we've discussed this ad nauseum over last offseason and during the season that, one, our linebacking core lacks a lot of depth. Two, Brendan can't, can't, doesn't particularly have the best coverage skills out in space, but he's a great run stuffer. He also is kind of quick, and he will hit you, a.k.a. his nickname is Boomstick Gant. So to me, this is something that shows that we don't have, I guess, the biggest, I guess, what's the word, faith in Stephen Dix Jr. or DJ Lundy to, I guess, take the next step forward to be contributors at the Power 5 level in the ACC. So I think that this is a step in the right direction where we're trying to fill out our linebacking core. Because remember, Derek Green McKnight went from safety to, to linebacker last summer. Yeah, and we've seen this trend, frankly, across football. We saw it with Hamsen Asraldeen in the draft, right? We were all a little surprised, but he wasn't the only one in that draft that was a, I would say, oversized safety that pro teams are moving down to linebacker. Brendan Gant kind of fits that mold, right? Six foot two, what is he, 210 listed on Seminoles.com, I think, 215. Yeah, I think he's a little, I think he's a little bigger now. I think he's listed at 208, but I think he actually 215. Yeah, so if he's up to 215, I mean, that's decent size. And, and let me break down his grades. So last year... He was on the field for a total of 145 snaps exactly. Six of those, he was on the D-line, okay? 54 of those, so about a third of his snaps, he was in the box, meaning, you know, in the front seven, right? So he's cheating down to play linebacker, um, even if he starts up at safety. 79 of those, he was at free safety. And then another, whatever this is, about 50 or so, were special team snaps, So when he was on the field, not special teams, he was about 60-40 in the box or at free safety. So it's not like, 
I, I, I understand what you were saying by finally updated, but like, I want to clarify, it's not like he was, he was playing a ton of linebacker last year. He was playing safety, uh, albeit, again, only saw the field for 105 snaps um, as a non-special teams guy, so he didn't do a ton of playing it. But then I look at his season grades from last year. He was a 51.1 on defense. That is absolutely nothing to write home about as a defender, but he's got one big, bright green box on profootballfocus.com. And that's his run defense grade. So if I, if I look at if I look at where that falls, he's again a seventy three point seven. Yeah, that puts him at number eight, right behind Renardo Green, another safety. Which, well, I, I want to filter these a bit, right? Because he he was also in run defense sixty two times. So like, right below him is Jamie Robinson, who was in run defense three hundred thirty two times. So like, there is some caveat there, but he's one of your ten best defenders against the run. And when you have a linebacking core that's weak. I think it makes sense to bring down a guy that's a competent run stopper, but is a probably a better pass defender than anyone you've got down the linebacking core because that's their biggest weakness, right? I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, he, he's nothing to write home about with the coverage grade. I think when you listed what his grade was last year, I think he was the lowest graded out scholarship athlete we have on defense when it comes because basically the coverage grade brings it down a ton. But I mean, you're right with the run fits. That's like something that we really need. I guess I guess keep harping home about that it help us out, you know, on the defense. And also, like it just points to where the 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 lack of depth at the linebacking room. But maybe maybe it's why we're bringing in more DBs. Maybe that's why we've been flirting with Daryl Porter Jr. That we know that we're transitioning a lot more kids from the DB room into the linebacker room because we've had so many misses at that spot. Whether it be a JL McCluster who transferred out, Jaleel McCray also transferred out. So to me, this is something that I mean, I like it. I like I like the move for him because the kid. When he's on and when he's zeroing on his target, I mean, you saw the late hit that he had. When he has a target, he just blows up on him. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't know if we'll see a ton of guys flow down from safety to linebacker because I think we have good safeties. And obviously, we got a five-star in Sam McCall. But you can only take so many of those out of the picture before you start getting thin at that position. And at that point, like you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. But I don't know. Maybe see one more. Maybe if Sidney Williams puts on some size. I mean, he's been decent back there for you but you know he's he's about 200 pounds as a freshman put another 20 pounds on him he probably could be a pretty good uh fox linebacker type for you i don't i don't know but folks i know it's been over for florida state basketball for a while but march madness is only x weeks away i don't know how many weeks because uh you know florida state's not in it but that means that you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your bracket this year are you going to go for the usual are you going to look for the best And we've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. That's right. You can face off against the Locked On Seminoles crew in a regular pick-em bracket at RunYourPool.com. If you've got a business, they'll help you take some of that March Madness magic and play alongside your employees, your coworkers, or even gain some customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you will ever find. Now, clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets through it ourselves, and there's no truer test than that. So if you guys want to play against us, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. While you're there, create your own pool for your family and friends and enter pure madness. Please don't make me spell that. At checkout for $10 off your custom pool. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on. So I think it's it's about that time where I remind you all to subscribe if you haven't done it already, to like, share, all that good stuff. Make sure you 
like the individual video. It does help. We are pushing and chugging away to 800 subscribers and you can be part of our journey and we appreciate you for it. Drizzy, are we going to run through the schedule? Should we run through it? Yes, sir. The floor is yours. My guy started off with us. You know what I haven't done in a while? I haven't done a good spreadsheet episode. There's some good ones, but uh, I need a, we need a good spreadsheet episode soon. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll put one together for y'all. I like to only do those when I can really bring you value and like actually break things down. But I think we're going to be due for one. So we kind of know the schedule like the back of our hands. For those that don't, we will walk you through it. Um, we start off against the Duquesne Davids, the David Duquesnes, as some call them, or as some of you know, the Duquesne Dukes. I love this, man. I like I've just been saying for years, this is how you should open your season. Against an FCS team, so you get to recalibrate, you get to see what's going on, and then week two, well, week one, I guess, right? Yep. No, week two. No, sorry, it's no, week, week zero. Week zero week, it's week zero, kind of like year zero. But so it's week, week one. Right we go play LSU at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. And then we get a bye week, and then we've got to play Louisville at Louisville. But the caveat there, I believe someone corrected me on the episode where I didn't like the way the schedule was laid out. Don't they have to play UCF on the road and then they come right tra- back in a short week? They travel to the bounce house in Orlando and then they literally have six days to prep for while we have a bye week to prepare for Malik Cunningham, which is huge. No, actually, so they, they actually play on Friday. So they get a full seven to look oh, really? around. Oh, yeah, okay. it's kind of weird. But, but still, yeah, they have to play at the bounce, which I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's here, here's the thing, and I don't, I don't want to offend anyone on here, but um, UCF is better than they used to be at football, I guess. Like they are improving, but they're not like they're not a team that's going to beat you up. Like there's certain teams that I don't want to play before I play a tough opponent that suck, right? That don't have good records. Like I don't want to suck. That's the wrong word, but like I don't want to play the Citadel before I have to play a good team because they're going to run a triple option and like you, you risk injury. You're going to get beat up. I love chop okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to play like it doesn't matter if they're winning five games. I don't want to play Wisconsin because it's going to be a physical game. You're going to have 330 pound offensive linemen beating on your defense. Like even if you beat them by 30, it's still not the best game to to have to prep for a good team. I don't see UCF like that. I see them as a team that could beat Louisville, but they're not like a super physical team that's going to. Ju- anyway, let's chunk this up. First three games, Duquesne, LSU, Louisville, first quarter of the schedule. How do you see us coming out of that? I say two and one. Um, I see the loss being LSU primarily because I definitely think that Brian Kelly has Adam Fuller's number. He's shown for two straight years. He knows how to carve up that defense. And I think they bring back Miles Brennan, who, if he stays healthy, is kind of like their Jordan Travis. He's probably their, he's going to be their best option at QB and also their best player on offense. And then I see the wins against Duquesne because if you lose Duquesne, I'm just going to check out and probably quit on the spot. We just and, decided they're definitely called Duquesne now. Are we just, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Shout okay. out to Kane. But with Louisville, I have a feeling they're going to drop that game to UCF or win a close one because they did bring in John Rice Plumley at UCF, who is that dynamic you know, quarterback who actually did yep. keep Ole Miss really close with LSU two years ago with Joe Burrow. And, I mean, like you said before, like, like that's a team that you don't want to play, and it's really hard to play against a mobile quarterback that's basically a running threat and then turn around for a week after that, after travel, it's going to hurt. So to me, this is a game that we should win because we have the extra week with to prep for Malik Cunningham, who might be a Dark Horse Heisman candidate for the year. Bro, do you still have a house phone? That is my international phone for Panama and Venezuela, folks. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Cool. Well, that's that's good. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I I think the same two and one, but I I move that loss. Uh, I think this is why I'm chunking it up. Like I I expect We're losing us to, to make the game? it through there. Yeah, exactly. I expect us to make it through there two and one. Um, I don't know about LSU. Like Miles Brennan played two games last year, three games, whatever. He had some good stats, but I think let me look. I think he played Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean he played Missouri, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State. Had 1,100 yards and 11 TDs in three games. Also had three picks, but like, okay, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. I don't know, 1,100 yards in three games. But again, you're also playing Missouri, who you lost to, Vanderbilt, who you, I mean, it's Vanderbilt, and then Mississippi State, who you lost to. I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how I feel about Miles Brennan. I think that there is going to be a lot more at stake for LSU than for us. Like, it'll be a lot like last year's game where we can kind of just wing it, see how it goes. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. So I, I, I think that that series two and one's a solid one. I, Louisville's going to be tough because all the reasons I said earlier, next quarter of the schedule, we've got Boston college, wake forest and the NC state Wolfpack. Those games are all at home. No, I'm sorry. It's Boston college at home, wake at home, NC state on the road at Carter Finley stadium in Raleigh, North Carolina. Driz, second quarter of the schedule. How are you feeling? Uh, this is hard. Honestly, we I could see us going two and one here again. Um, if these games were away, if we were playing Boston College at BC, I would chalk that up as a loss. Wake Forest, it to me is a little bit easier, primarily because while Sam Hartman does come back, they do they do lose Jakari Roberson. They do keep it to AT Perry, but they lose both their options and they're running in the backfield. And that defense is bad. That defense couldn't stop a nosebleed last year. NC State. I thought Devin Leary was gone. No, that man's coming back to be a thorn in our side for another straight year. I mean, they lose on a night, but they still have a lot of options on the outside. And their defense, they do bring back Cyrus Fagan and Corey Durden, who were top-tier players in the ACC for them last year, ironically. So to me, I think 2-1 and one should be what we should be getting. But I wouldn't be surprised if we drop a weird game to Boston College because of Phil Dracovic and Zay Flowers, because those are two QBs that scare me a little bit. Yeah, I... It- I mean, two and one is going to be the easy answer, I guess, when we chunk it up into three games. But uh, this is, again, yeah, I mean, it's a two and one thing for me. So I think Boston College coming down September is about equivalent to us going up there in November. Yep. It's going to be really, really hot by Boston standards. If y'all don't know, which most of you probably do, but humor me for a moment. But the, the country does one of these numbers, you know, like out to the to the east. Boston sits like up here, right? It's almost in the Rhode Island. And the sun goes down earlier. It's way up north. It gets colder quicker. And this is going to be hard to conceptualize if you've lived in the south your whole life because I had to learn this the hard way when I moved not even that far north. September is not a summer month in most places. That game is likely on Saturday, September 24th to be 95 degrees if we play it at 3 o'clock. Maybe 90, but it's going to be hot. They're going to be used to playing in the 60s and 70s. If they practice in the mornings, they're going to be having long sleep days already. And that's going to be brutal for Boston College. So I think you take a guy like Phil Dracovich, who, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but he gets hurt all the time. I mean, he's there, Jordan Travis, in that sense. But he's always been banged up, never played a season. He's had to transfer. I don't know. I think we can take that one down. Wake Forest, I'm not scared of a bunch of dudes that can rent cars. Uh, NC State. That's um that's a tough one. Look, I mean, you got Devin Leary back. And folks, before you think we're exaggerating, Devin Leary's stat line last year, 3,433 yards through the air, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions. Is that going to win you a Heisman? No. 
but that's a pretty darn good performance on the year, right? You got, again, 3,433 yards, 35 TDs to five interceptions for a seven to one ratio there. Um, 65% completion, eight yards per throw. They, oh man, he's pretty good at that whole, uh, that whole throw in the football thing. And he doesn't mess up. Like he never right. gives an opportunity to their team to like capitalize on any mistakes, whether it be a fumble or a pick. Now he'll throw the one random pick that he threw against Miami, but overall he's a damn good QB who's improved every single year when he's coming back. So it's going to be, that's the best QB you probably might face on the schedule overall, besides how Evan Dyke. I agree. And, but I think this is the game where you're going to find out who you are. I think that this game could very much end up like the UNC game last year where you're like, who is this team and where did they come from? I think LSU, we're going to get flashes. We're going to have a hypothesis. Halfway through the season, North Carolina State on the road in Carter-Finley against Evan Leary, you're going to know what you have in this team going into the back half of the schedule. I'm going to be optimistic because it's February and I'm feeling it. I'm going to say we're 3-0 and there. I've got us at 5-1 and going into the second half of the season. I think you've got us at 4-2. and and if y'all think one of us is right and the other isn't, well, you can probably go ahead and get a win total at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your line making, all of your betting action. Betonline.net, they have the most illustrious selection of props, totals, lines, odds, you name it, they've got it. So don't miss out on NHL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, any of that while you wait for football to come back. Go to BetOnline. .net. The game starts here. All right, man, let's keep rolling into the second half. Folks, if you kept rolling with us this whole time, we appreciate you. We love you. And thanks for being here. Uh, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. So this is like very similar to last year where, no, I'm sorry, Clemson Tigers. Clemson Tigers, Well, it's the bye week threw me off, right? So we get two bye weeks this this year, which is nice. But we got to go from Carter Finley back to Doak, play Clemson, and then we get a bye week. Um, gosh, this game's going to depend on a litany of factors. But if you're like two and three going into this, or three and three, you're going to have an issue with players looking ahead to a bye week in another season where you might not make a bowl game and just getting clobbered by a much more talented Clemson team. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you could be 5-1 and one going into this, your seventh game of the year after six games. And if that's the case, you had a 5-1 and one team. You think we're ranked if we're 5-1? and one? Yeah, 100%. We have to be, right? Like, Florida State, we're not that The lo- the, the logo still carries weight, man. The brand is still alive out here. Yeah, and you also would have beaten an SEC team probably, you know, somewhere in there, and, you know, four Power 5 teams, three Power 5 teams, like three other Power 5 teams. So, yeah, uh, Clemson is just... I don't know, man. What do you make of their coaching situation? Like, you've always kind of been the guy that that beats the drum of Dabo being the CEO. So, are you just are you completely out on Clemson with Venables gone and that other uh, co OC gone? Yeah, Tony Elliott being gone at Virginia. Then you got Brent Venables at DC. Like Dabo was a good head coach, and the fact that he like you're saying he's a very good CEO. He deferred everything on the defense side of the ball to Brent Venables, who's probably one of the best DCs we've had probably the past 10 years. Tony Elliott was a very, very good OC, especially when we had Jeff Scott back there. But when Jeff Scott left the USF, struggled. Tony Elliott got COVID. And if you remember correctly, for the Ohio State game where they got blown out by Justin Fields, Dabble called plays. And apparently, Dabble's been calling plays too as well. So the, the CEO moniker is no longer the same. He's a little bit of a micromanaging. And I wouldn't be surprised if 
have that issue like again this year. And they brought back Hunter Johnson, the Northwestern QB, who transferred from Clemson yeah. to Northwestern and then came back. So I don't think they're very, I guess, comfortable with their QB situation, even though do they do have you know big Cinco. So to me, this is a game that we should have won last year. We should win this year, in my personal opinion. And I kind of wanted to ask you if, if we're two and was he said three and three, if we're yeah. you know, four and two or two and four, do you see a change of QB if that's the case with the, with that kind of record? That again, it, like I wish I had a better answer. It'll depend on how much of it's his fault. If if Jordan Travis is playing the exact same as he played last year, and we're three and three or two and four, you you probably think about it because at that point you're saying okay, Jordan's not developing, and the only way to save it, if you've already lost three games, you're not going to save the season. You could. I mean, look, look. I know this is going to seem like a long time ago, but there was a day where we had one of the worst losses in program history to Lamar Jackson and still made the Orange Bowl. Like, you never know. But yeah, you you start to think about it. If you're like three and three, you're. You, if Jordan is, isn't developing you and AJ's looking good in practice, you consider it. That being said... I don't know. Do you do you throw AJ to the wolves? Like, does that actually help him at all? Like, there's there's developing another player, and then there's like letting a kid get his teeth kicked in. I don't think it happens against Clemson, regardless. Now, next week at Georgia Tech, if you then lose to Clemson, you're two and four, or you're three and four, or you're two and five, or you're three and four. Yeah, I think you really start to consider that against Georgia Tech after a bye week because you get to implement like you get two weeks, you can put together like okay, what are the thirty plays AJ really knows like. Get him in there. Yeah, I think you consider it. Um, but I'm with you. I don't think you lose this game, man. I I think that being a CEO is a skill set, and I think that everyone thinks their boss doesn't work, but you you know, there is a, a quality about knowing how to manage people and getting the best out of your people and knowing what to delegate and what to do yourself. So to he, when you see Dabo trying to dive back into something he never did, he was never he was a wide receivers coach. Well, he was an insurance salesman. Like he is kind of a head coach, right? And that's it. So I, I don't know. And I, by the way, I have no confidence in DJ Uyungle. Like nothing says I don't believe in my quarterback, like calling up a kid who left because he thought he wasn't going to play and be like, no, no, come on, man, come back. Like you're, trust me, you're probably going to see the field. And that kid, by the way, took Northwestern to what? Seven wins last year. Great. Awesome. Good for him. I'm glad we got to to do that one. So then we have a fun little series, right? We've got Georgia Tech, Miami. We go Georgia Tech at home after a bye week, Miami on the road, Syracuse on the road. Then we come back to Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Now, I've said on this program, and I'll say it again today in February, if you do not go 3-0 and against Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and Louisiana, I have no interest. Like, we're going to shut this podcast down. If, if I have to wake up on a Sunday after losing to one of those three teams this year, I, I will just have no interest in turning on this microphone. Sorry. The, the, yeah so let's move i'll, I'll still be here folks i won't i won't leave you high and draw like maxwell so don't care. yeah georgia tech uh, is gonna fire their head coach syracuse might be looking for a new head coach and louisiana lost their head coach and they lost half of their team to the transfer portal to florida so yeah you win all three of these games you probably win them handily i mean uh, anything less than that is an utter disappointment even though i if by my rankings right my record right now you'd be eight and four or eight and two so Still, you need to win those games. Those are games that you don't drop them. And we've, we've dropped a lot of games over the past few years that we should win, that we can't lose or we shouldn't lose. So hopefully we don't have 
you know, a Jeff Sims, you know, debut like two years ago, or at Syracuse where DeAndre Francois turns around after getting sacked. And in Louisiana Rage Cajuns, I mean, I, I, a good friend of mine played running back there. He knows they're not good this season. So, yeah. And I mean, we don't hang out with a lot of great athletes. So the fact that one of our close friends played there tells you that it's not like a premier program. No, I'm just kidding. Um, not a good but, school program. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just joking. Uh, Assuming you cut out most of my uh, earlier tirade, I'm, I will make this statement now. If we lose to Georgia Tech, Syracuse, or Louisiana, I will take my booster contribution from Florida State, and I will be giving it to Georgia State. They're in the new Turner Field. They went to a bowl game last year, and I'll just enjoy going to six home games a year right here in Atlanta. And uh, then once we move on from this situation that has then caused this, I don't know why I'm getting so worked up about this hypothetical, but if it happens, go Panthers. Your mother would disown you. You know that, right? I she'd understand. Okay. At that point, she'd I just get want it. you to know on air because right she now. cares okay. more about me not having a heart attack or a pulmonary like a like a not a pulmonary embolism. What's the thing? An aneurysm, aneurysm? at the age of thirty than she does about my allegiance. Well, I don't. We'll 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 unpack that later. Love you, Maggie. So we're going to we're going down to Miami. It's at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, by my count, I I think you could be six and one or. Five and two going into this game. If you're five and two, you're probably on the outside looking into the rankings, which is just the way it goes. I mean, Clemson's only loss at one, or they had two losses this year, one of them to Georgia, and they couldn't get back in the rankings for a long time. Um, you're in the ACC. Sorry, it sucks. That being said, fandom aside, like, do you think we could? Do you think we can win this one? Like, to me, it's going to be kind of a coin flip, like last year. So my brain sort of says go with the home team. I, I don't know. Is that bad? No, because Miami's really good, but the problem is, I mean, they have the be- one of the best QBs in the co- on the conference. He could take the next step forward and be one of the best QBs in the country, and this has come from someone that thought that he would never contribute on the football field. Um, with Tyler Van Dyke leading the helm, all you got to ask is, like, who his weapons are. Charleston Rambo is gone, so you got to ask, like, who our receivers are going to be picking up the slack, whether it be a, Bra- a not Braxton Berrios, Xavier Restrepo, who basically is Braxton Berrios. You have also Michael Redding out on the outside. It's more comes down to if we're able to stop their rushing attack with a Jalen Knighton, a Thad Franklin, or a Don Chaney. And actually, if, you know, Josh Gass, new OC, is able to be kind of replicate the magic he had last season with Cade McNamara, who's nowhere near as talented as Tyler Van Dyke. So to me, if you asked me this a week ago, I thought it would win this handily. Not even handily by 10, but now it's a coin flip game. I'm going to lean a little bit more with Miami. Because I just think that Cristobal would need to make a statement in his first season. I think this is the opportunity for him. And- yeah, and, and someone in our comments, which folks, we do a mailbag Monday. If you want to hear, uh, you want to hear us talk about what you want to talk about, comment down below. We'll aggregate those things for ourselves, and then we will answer them in Mailbag Monday. I actually made a playlist for that, so Drake, you can. Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm feeling the same way. Unfortunately, like to me, it's kind of a coin flip skill wise. I don't think Cristobal is the second coming. But to the point that was made in our comments, it's fun to rip on Miami and say their fans only show up to one game a year because that is true. But regardless, they're in the stadium when we play them. So you're going to be probably in front of a sold-out crowd, probably going to be about a 70-30 Miami-Florida State split. It's probably going to be a night game if either of you are any good. And that's a hard environment to play in. Look at what we were able to do from our own 20-yard line with the game on the line you know, and then culminating in fourth and 14, followed by getting into the end zone. Like that's what happens in these games and being the road team sucks. So until I see some differentiation from these two teams skill wise and know we're the better team, I probably have to lean Miami as much as I don't want to. 
Then I've got us beating Syracuse, beating Louisiana. So that means I've got us losing to Miami. I've got us uh, dropping one in that Louisville LSU stretch. So that's only two losses. But I feel like if we get to this point, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're nine and two. That's a yeah, I got us eight and three. We're gonna lose another one in there. I don't know where it's gonna be, but. I'm not going to fall victim to name syndrome. We're going to lose another one in there. So at best, we're eight and three. Now look, last year we thought, hey, beat, beat this middling Florida team who keeps disappointing themselves and their families, and um, their head coach left or got fired, whatever, and you get to go to a bowl game, and we got beat. Now there are reasons, there's excuses. I made a lot of them, don't worry. But it really showed where these two teams were talent-wise. I mean, frankly... I know Jordan got hurt, but we also picked off their quarterback three times, two of which were just utter garbage. Like he was throwing to no one and we had linebackers making fingertip grabs. Like, so we got a lot of help in that game too, only to lose. So that again, it's, there is a big skill gap between these teams and who's on the roster. That being said, as my boy, Mr. Coach 30 says, moments a little too big. Scared to death. I think that could happen to Billy Napier this year. I think that Florida is really expecting a lot out of this guy. And we have seen what happens when a group of five coach comes into a place with unbridled expectations. It is a different level of pressure. He's a human being. He has to sleep at night. He has to eat. He has to do all those things. And if you think those expectations are not weighing on him and affecting him throughout the year as they go through a pretty tough SEC schedule, I think you're wrong. I'm not that confident in him as a coach to begin with. So when I think of him having to endure what he's already enduring, like people are already saying, oh, we're going back to the SEC championship, this, that, the other, because they've gotten a few guys from Louisiana to transfer. I don't know if I see him holding up throughout the whole season, Drake, and I genuinely think you can win this one at home. More my thing with this is depending on who the QB is. Emory Jones, we saw last year, he's the one that threw three picks. I don't think yeah. Emory Jones is particularly a good quarterback. You had Anthony Richardson, who to me should have been started all season, but he still apparently has some development to do when they brought in Jack Miller from Ohio State. What it goes down to for me personally is I think that Billy Napier is the Sun Belt version of Mike Norvell. And our, I mean, all of our listeners and you guys already know my opinions on Mike Norvell. So to me, this is a game that, like you were just saying, the moment's going to be too big for him. I don't think he has the capability to actually coach a winnable game, winning game with a winning team at the end of it. Because I think the talent talent level, I mean, there is a gap, but I don't think it's as big as we always discuss on here, especially because Florida is losing a lot of players to the transfer portal. And they mean they're not bringing in that much talent to begin with. They're bringing back Louisiana players that might help with the culture but we don't know if they're actually going to be able to talent-wise match up with a bunch of SC opponents and ourselves as well. So to me, this is a game that we're going to drop to Miami, but we say every single year, win at least one against your rivals. I think this year you're going to win this game, and I can't believe you will have us 9-3. This is going to hurt my feelings when we go 6-6 six and six next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're this is why, folks, we're doing a lot of schedule previews because we decided we don't want to have one schedule preview we have to go back to, and it changes with the month. It changes with the season. It changes based on all the information we're hearing from people and sources and such. But most importantly, there's going to be spring football in like three weeks. The spring game is coming up in like six short weeks. Really exciting things. I hope that we're right and we end up winning nine or ten games next year, but you're one injury away from this being a four-win team. So don't get too optimistic. But don't get too pessimistic, you know? 
I don't know. That's what we do here on Locked on Seminoles. Drake, you're you. I'm me. And this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before before we head out, I got to do one little quick thing first. Um, for those of you that, you know, I've been listening to the show for a very long time. You know, I have a little brother uh, named Eva Silva. He, um, unfortunately, his girlfriend was just diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, I love the girl, Cece. You know, she's brought, you know, a, she's a very important part, you know, of our family. And I have shared a GoFundMe link actually on my Twitter. You can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake. And you don't even have to donate. Just share the link if you can. Uh, help her as much as you if you can because, I mean, she's 25 and she shouldn't be going through this. And, I'm, you know, just try and get as much help as possible. Spread it out. So, please, thank you guys. You know, we you guys support us each and every single day. But so just thank you for listening to me for this few seconds. And if you can, just share that out. I mean, look, hey, it puts in perspective, you know, like here we are bitching about a football team, football game, and people have real world problems. And, um but we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I uh, I hope y'all all have a great day. Please check out that GoFundMe. Um, and, you know, hug the people you love. Tell them you love them. Uh, make that phone call, send that text, all those good things. Because, uh, yeah, stuff comes at you fast, folks. I'm Max. That's Drake. And uh, this was Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody.